right? <laughs> Thinking to myself, you know, this isn't for me. But then I started to listen and people opened up and people started sharing. And what became so valuable, Jamie, and this is something I hope your audience will take from it, is what became so valuable was listening to other people who were at other points in the journey. So maybe I was month six or seven in the journey, but somebody else was further ahead. And listening to them talk gave me hope. I'm Jamie Mo Crazy, and you're listening to Life Gets Mo Crazy where we'll hear from people who either been through a trauma or helped someone else through. Listen and learn strategies you can implement in your life so when a metaphorical avalanche slides you down the mountain of life, you can climb an alternative peak with the best view. I am here today with Sam Porritt. And I'm kind of a little bit in disbelief because this is a man who lived a phenomenal life. He was accomplishing incredible things when he was caught in a metaphorical avalanche that slid him down to the bottom of life. And in the blink of an eye, his life was changed dramatically. And then he climbed an alternative peak and used his passion to build an empire and an industry and a passion project that is just so phenomenal. I am so excited that you are going to get to hear about Sam's background and his story and about his falling forward project now. And I'm honored that he put this time aside so he's able to talk with me and you are all able to listen to what a fascinating life that he's been leading. So Sam, welcome to the podcast. Jamie, I wow, I am truly speechless. Of all the times I've ever been introduced for anything, any remarks, any podcast, any speech I've ever given, I have never had an intro like that one. I'm not quite as a, iconic as you made me out to be, but I, I certainly am thrilled to be here today, and I hope that my story will be meaningful to your listeners. Yes, well, I definitely think it will. So we're going to start with your background and about how you gave birth to Chester Cheetah for the Cheetos and hired Cameron Diaz for her first on-camera appearance. That's pretty phenomenal. So let's talk about your history and the, the mountain that you were originally climbing. Absolutely. No, thank you. Um, so yeah, the, the two things you just mentioned are a, a couple of my you know true claims to fame for my career. And so um, I was, um, I, I went right from college to grad school. I got an MBA and then I decided that the thing that really was kind of my passion was marketing and advertising. So I went to work for this big ad agency in Chicago and I worked on a bunch of, over time, worked on a bunch of big brands. So the first one was Cheetos. I worked on a bunch of other things in my ad career. And one of them happened to be hair care. And so we, we cast a lot of, you know, beautiful models for our commercials. And one of those beautiful models turned out to be Cameron Diaz, who at that time, no one knew, right? She'd never done anything on a camera before. Yeah. So some cool stuff, some proud things that I'm proud of from my career. Um, but 
you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to like tease a little bit here. That was all fun and cool stuff that I did through all those years in that career, my, you know, corporate and advertising career. But I will tell you that none of what I did in the past, Chester, Cameron, any of those things is as meaningful as what I'm doing today. And nothing has given me more like satisfaction than what I'm doing today and more pride than what I'm doing today. And what I'm doing today, Jamie, as you know, and we're going to talk more about it, but what I'm doing today is because of my injury and my accident. And as you say, you know, life changed in an instant in the blink of an eye. And so what I'm doing today wouldn't, I would never have even dreamed of if not for, you know, the tragedy and the accident that happened and then everything that's happened since then. Yes, which I think is so important. Um, My show is all about rebuilding your identity and climbing an alternative peak after you encounter trauma, which is why I just wanted to talk about the original peak that you were on, because it was a pretty cool peak. So let's go on now to your injury. So take me through the journey of what happened. Yeah, so mine happened on vacation. Uh, my wife and I and another couple were on vacation in Italy, um, you know, and I get up early in the morning. I'm an early riser and I make coffee and I go down in the veranda and walk out with my cup of coffee and in front of me is the Tuscan countryside and, you know, birds are chirping and the sun is starting to rise. And I think to myself, you know, this is truly like paradise. And I whip out my phone I started taking pictures and, and I'm kind of wrapped up in the moment and suddenly I lose my balance and off I go like a, a swan dive off this wall and 15 foot drop and I land on the ground and I'm unconscious. Thankfully, I didn't have any kind of a diagnosed brain injury, but what I had was a spinal cord injury and from the belly button down, I have no feeling, no movement. So I'm going to use your phrase again, and I use it often myself, literally in the blink of an eye, right? I went from this complete euphoria, this moment, I'm in paradise, wanted to capture it on my phone, snap your fingers, and literally seconds later, I am laying on the ground, paralyzed, can't move, can't feel anything and think to myself, I have no idea what the rest of my life is going to be like. Now, the good news is, you know, I got great medical care. But even then, you know, the words from the surgeon now a couple of days later were, we don't know if you'll ever walk again. Yes. And the, the one thing that's interesting, um, which is really scary and and really hard, but one of our pushes, some of my doctors said, we don't know. And some of my doctors said, she will not. And it's scarier sometimes to hear, we don't know what will happen because these doctors are people we look up to and trust, and they know your medical side way more than anyone else does. But one of my pushes is that it's better to say, we don't know that will happen instead of promising me and my family that it definitely will not happen. 
It, yeah, totally agree. Many of your listeners will understand this, but the recovery process from a neurological injury, like a brain injury, like you had, like a spinal cord injury, like I had, right? The recovery process from a neurological injury like those is really slow and really long. Progress doesn't happen in days. Progress doesn't happen in weeks. It's months or years sometimes. And when you're in that journey, there are days and weeks that you know you are going to rehab and going to rehab and going to rehab day after day, week after week. And even yourself, you're not seeing any progress, right? That it is this very long, slow process. And the therapist you're working with, they know that, or most of them at least know that, right? If, if they're experienced therapists. And so their job is to just keep you going through that journey and keep you motivated, help keep you motivated. You know, it's, it's your own personal motivation. It's them motivating you. It's your friends and family motivating you. And I, I'm going to work as hard as I can, as long as it is necessary to rebuild my body. Yeah. So on those days, um, as you mentioned, that you feel like you're not going anywhere and those days do happen. What made you keep working? Yeah, Jamie, that's such a good question. And I think I think it's really I think it's in some ways how each person is wired. Right. Like what you're your thought processes. And in some ways it's um, a reflection of how you've approached life in general, right? So a thought that went over and over and over in my head through that whole process, Jamie, was I've got one chance. I've got one chance. Like this is it. Like there's not going to be a second chance, so make the most of it. Because one thing the the medical professionals are pretty clear on, and I I believe this myself, is five years later, or you know, you know, some point down the road, you can't give it a second chance, right? Your body, the recovery process, you know, the nerves healing the neurotransmitters healing, you know, that whole process, it it is a one chance kind of thing. So, you know, make the most of it while you got that chance. Yeah, that that's really meaningful. And um, just to add to it, I've always been a fighter, but I also had some days when I would wonder why this happened to me and I would feel overwhelmed. I would feel like I was used and washed up at a young age, like in my early 20s. Um, So I had those moments. But for me, I couldn't stay in those moments. And I would do things like I went to therapy. So I started going to see a therapist or I would go walk my dog. I would always do something not to stay in those moods. So every time I had one of those moments, I would do something. I would force myself to 
do something. Even I would sometimes force myself to laugh because they, there's all this scientific research that when you're la- like smiling and laughing, it, it's changing your emotions and your hormones and things like this. And sometimes if you're just sitting on the couch and you literally force yourself to laugh, you feel so stupid about it. Then you end up laughing at yourself to, about forcing yourself to laugh and then you're in a better mood. So, um, if you do ever have those moments, get out of them. Because if it's only those moments that you have, that's when you'll stop recovering. Yeah, Jamie, really, really important point. And I couldn't agree with you more. I Did I have those moments? Absolutely, right? It, it's natural. Anybody going through a catastrophic Injury, you know, a catastrophic injury, a recovery from something like a brain injury, spinal cord injury, right? Um, it, you're definitely going to have highs and lows. You're you're on a you know roller coaster in many ways, a roller coaster of emotions. So I, I didn't want to imply, I shouldn't have implied that um, I didn't have those moments. So like you said, I definitely had them. But you definitely got over them. Yeah, yeah. And the things that helped me get over them, um, two, and you pointed to one. So therapy, totally agree with you on, you know, seeking help, seeking therapy for the emotional side. And I, at first, being, and I'll admit this, kind of typical guy, right? I was like, you want me to go talk to a psychologist, right? And I was like, I was averse to it, right? So what they offered at my facility that, you know, honestly became so important was I had one-on-one discussions with the neuropsychologist, but maybe more importantly, they also once a week had group meetings. So a neuropsychologist and like 10 or 12 of my fellow patients, and we would go spend an hour talking. And I remember the first time I went to one of those, I just sat there and I'm looking around the room and I'm not saying a word. And I'm like, why am I here? This is kind of crazy, right? (laughs) Thinking to myself, you know, this isn't for me. But then I started to listen and people opened up and people started sharing. And what became so valuable, Jamie, and this is something I hope your audience will take from it is what became so valuable was listening to other people who were at other points in the journey. So maybe I was month six or seven in the journey, but somebody else was further ahead. And listening to them talk gave me hope. I'm going to tease another thing here. So you mentioned Falling Forward, um, this organization that I started. Um, Stories are probably the biggest thing that we are promoting is stories of people who have recovered. So your story, Jamie, fantastic story. Mine, you know, I'm proud of it. I I think I've got a great story of recovery, but now we've got dozens and dozens of other people's stories too, and we house them out on our website. So if you're going through a brain injury recovery or a stroke recovery or a spinal cord injury recovery, and you need some motivation and need some hope, you know, we've got videos out there of people telling their stories. And, you know, we think that's one of the most important things we're doing, you know, putting those stories forward to give other people hope. And I'm so glad that you gave the tease about 
talking a little bit about falling forward because um, I was going to mention you had a phenomenal recovery. If you could do it for two years, um, that doesn't happen to everybody to have a two-year recovery because they do things like put therapy caps on people. And I wanted you to explain a little bit about what that means for people, um, therapy caps, and then also what else falling forward does. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, therapy caps. Who's heard of that, right? Nobody's heard of that. Um, <laughs> I sure hadn't. So I have my, I, I had my injury, you know, I start my rehab journey and literally they then look at our insurance policy. And this lady says, you have a very unique insurance policy. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she says, you have no limit on rehab. Again, I said, what do you mean? I don't understand what you're talking about. And she said, almost all insurance policies have a limit on rehab, but yours doesn't, right? So yes, these things called therapy caps, they're built into almost all insurance policies. It's a defined limit. And it will say like, they will pay for 20 visits to rehab or 30 visits to rehab or 40 visits to rehab. So when I was at 30 visits, I was still in a wheelchair. I, I, I needed hundreds of visits, not 30 visits. Not fair, not right. We think it's a you know big issue. So that's what falling forward is. After my recovery, which was over two years of rehab, hundreds and hundreds of visits, I saw this issue. I thought it wasn't fair. So started falling forward to address that. So we do essentially two things. One is Yes, we're a nonprofit. We raise money. What do we do with that money? Uh, literally 100% of the money that we raise pays for rehab for people when their insurance stops paying. You know, there's thousands of people out there who need help, and we are certainly not helping thousands of people, but we are helping as many as we can and have real evidence of people who do continue on rehab like you did, Jamie, and like I did, do recover do get their lives back. So we do two things at Falling Forward. We raise money to pay for people's rehab when their insurance stops paying. Secondly, is advocacy work. And you know that's how you and I met is in Washington um, as part of that advocacy work. We're trying to get this issue of therapy caps to go away, to give everybody a fair chance at rehab and not have limits on their rehab. And we think it's the ultimate solution. Yes. And you just gave me shivers because I feel very passionate about the same thing. It's not fair that people get cut off and they don't graduate from their insurance. It's just cut off and gone. And then it makes it so much a portion of whether you have the money to support yourself or not to continue the rehabilitation process. And it seems really short-sighted and blind to me that you don't want to give upfront money, even though we know, you and I know, if you give those upfront opportunities, you can have a wonderful recovery, contribute back to society, live a full life. 
However, they cut you off. You're going to have disabilities for life. You're never going to return to work. You're, you're going to have these problems and these challenges. And it's just not fair at all that that is, is happening to so many Americans and nobody knows. But I, I just love that what you guys are working on is changing the policy and changing the insurance formats because that is a way that you can actually create full change. Yeah, the argument on the advocacy front is essentially a short-term versus a long-term cost argument, even with the insurance companies. I mean, our argument is, yeah, rehab is expensive up front, but is if you look at the short-term cost versus the long-term cost, right, of pay for someone's rehab up front, get them healthy, get them functional again, again. And what long-term medical costs does that avoid? I was in my 40s when I had my injury. So there could have been maybe another 40 years of medical costs, right, that Sam would have had if he was still in a wheelchair versus pay for his rehab up front get him healthy, he won't be in the wheelchair, he won't have all those long-term costs, right? So we're making that argument to the insurance companies of just what you said, Jamie, the short-term versus the long-term. Yeah, maybe it's expensive up front, but it we believe it's less expensive to pay for the rehab than to pay for those long-term costs for the next 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah, and um, I have loved talking with you and um, how can people find Falling Forward and stay connected with you? Yeah, thank you, Jamie. Really easy. Our website is fallingforward.org, O-R-G. It links to all of our social as well. Um, we are on Facebook and Insta. Check them out. Amazing. And the last thing, is there any last little quote or idea that stuck with you during your rehab process that you would like to share to the audience? Um, So way back when you asked me the question about, you know, why did I keep going? There was a quote. And so, you know, when I was in my journey, people came out of the woodwork to support me, to call me, to send me texts, to send me Facebook messages, you know, whatever, through the journey. And somebody in that process, sent me a quote that became my rallying cry. And it's from Winston Churchill. And the quote is, never, never, never give up. And I really believe that. Just don't give up. Keep keep trying. You know, give it your all. Um, and for sure, you know, there's a better outcome than where you are currently. Thank you so much for talking with me today. And I know our listeners learned a lot and I will talk more with you in the future. Jamie, thank you so much. Really a privilege to talk to you and your listeners. And I'm just delighted that we met and could have this conversation. So thank you again. Thank you so much for tuning in to listen to Life Gets Mo Crazy. I hope you learned some new ways to climb an alternative peak after an unexpected trauma by listening to this episode. If you loved it, 
which I really hope you did, please subscribe to the podcast and share with your family and friends. If you would like to follow my Mo Crazy Life, well, you can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, or my Facebook accounts at Jamie Mo Crazy or hashtag Mo Crazy Strong. So stay tuned for our next episode. Each episode is the last Friday of each month. And in every episode, you will learn something special and something new on how to climb an alternative peak. So thanks again for tuning in and go have a mo crazy life until we talk again.